got TW Takes in the house. TW Takes, what's up? TW Takes podcast. That's Terrible Wrestling Takes podcast. So we'll go through all the monikers. The, uh, the man himself. Bishop over at TW Takes podcast. Absolute legend. He is an Irish New Yorker. Big up Bishop. Bishop <laughs> TW Takes. Shout out to Bishop on that one. Bishop from TW Takes. Matt Bishop from TW Takes. Shout out to TW Takes. TW Takes. Mr. TW Takes. TW Takes. TW Takes. TW Takes. TW Takes. And Takes. TW Takes. Bishop has, you know, on terrible takes. TWT Takes. Terrible wrestling takes. Bishop's terrible wrestling takes. Strictly for Bishop. Shout out to Terrible Wrestling Takes. Cheers, Bishop. TW Takes podcast. Him and his wife, Mrs. TW Takes. We got Mrs. Takes here as well. My wife. Mrs. Takes. She's the sleeper hit. So good. Thank you, wife. Shout out to Mrs. TW Takes. It's a fun back and forth. Such a small part, but so effective. I'm telling you, that's my go-to podcast now. TW Takes. You want here? Terrible Wrestling Takes. Bishop from Terrible Wrestling Takes. Bishop, everybody needs to be listening to you, brother. Bishop, say hello. Oh, shit. Here we go. Wednesday Night War. Let's go, baby. Our side of the IWC versus AEW Dynamite. First episode brought to you by Pop Culture Wrestling and Terrible Wrestling Takes Podcast all at once. Again, appreciate my guy TK over at Pop Culture Wrestling, popculturewrestling.com for all your pop culture wrestling needs. We are flooded with millions and millions of characters to read, minutes to watch, seconds probably, nanoseconds, millions of nanoseconds. Um, dude, it's exciting venture. Uh, shout out to my guy Marsh over at Wrestling on the Rocks for the dope ass graphic. I made this graphic and uh, I was like, yo man, what do you think? He goes, <laughs> basically just laughed at me. Uh, shout out to Mr. Amanda Jane. Uh, Ricky Starks is starting off Dynamite. Uh, look, all I'm doing here is basically letting you guys know that since I don't have an excuse to not watch Dynamite, I'll watch Dynamite while doing my Raw and NXT recaps. And the actual Wednesday Night War isn't just you guys choosing to come hang with me and instead of watch Dynamite, or even we'll watch it together. But it's also at what point am I going to turn off Dynamite and watch something else? Because I turned off the Yankees to watch this. And until I get my second TV back in the studio, slash basement, uh, I'm going to have to deal with just one. Uh, but I should be watching the Yankees right now. It's nothing, nothing against the Braves. They just took Kluber out. And I want to know what's happening. But I got to do the podcast. And I'm committed to the Wednesday Night War. Excuse me. And this should be fun. Fun new venture. Like I, I've said on previous podcasts, I'm looking to go live on on Wednesday nights at 8 o'clock. Because why not? I'm looking to go live uh, Saturday mornings at 10.30 Eastern. Uh, fuck it. Fuck it. It's my podcast. I can do what I want. Shouts to Justin Sign 211. He is now on the front lines of Team Our Side of the IWC against All Elite Wrestling. Yeah, y'all didn't know what you signed up for, but we here now. Justin Sign 211 in YouTube chat. Shouts. Shouts. Um, yeah, podcast is still going still gonna to come out. You know, it'll be the audio form of the video. Um, I'm looking to do video only, um, unless there's something special to talk about. Unless there's something cool to talk about. And, you know, uh, honestly, I'll let you guys in on, you know, what's been happening. Um, I'm looking to get blue light glasses, uh, so you might see me in some clear frames. 
you know, doing all that content for WrestleMania week uh, really fucked me up. Really fucked me up. Uh, crazy headaches. I can't use my laptop for a while um, at a time. You know, uh, I realize that the lights I use to help with the green screen are kind of fucking me up a little bit right now, too. But that's the sacrifices that I'm making for this content, for this for this podcast, because I really do enjoy doing it. And I'm, I'm looking to find a way. I haven't worn glasses a day in my life. Every pair of sunglasses I do have, um, I end up losing or breaking, so I don't get sunglasses. So it's going to be an adjustment for me, but I'm looking forward to it because I want to keep this going. Um, I have a lot of fun uh, producing this content. What's really funny is that this the first shot of the Wednesday Night War... They put out Ricky Starks and Hangman, which usually would just end up being an undeniable match. So we'll see how this goes. But I am really interested to talk about Raw, Raw and NXT. As you see, I got my Raw red on. TWTakesPodcast.com slash TWTs to get yours. Still have the 420 deal out. The 420 deal is still available. Promo code 420 on a five-pack of shirts gets you $20 off. There's only four codes available. Two have been used. There's two left. Fuck it. I, I, I'll open it up. Who cares? However many want to use it, and we'll save it until the 27th. How about that? Uh, no, not the 27th, because i got to ship the shit out, too, and I'm going on vacation. Uh, Saturday. I'll announce it Saturday. Okay? Come by for brunch with Bishop. That'll be the last day of the 420 code uh, for as many as it takes. I don't care. Until I sell out of shirts. I don't fucking care. $20 off the five-pack. It's a $60 pack. Drops it down to $4. Uh, $40. whole bunch of 420 going on. Again, shouts to Pop Culture Wrestling. Shouts to TW Takes Podcast. We're working together. We're getting this shit moving in the right direction. Uh, right now on TNT is Hangman versus Ricky Starks. Um, that's one hell of a shot at me while I'm uh, while I'm trying to do this podcast. But yeah, that's that's all I got, man. TW Takes Podcast on all platforms. TWTakesPodcast.com. TWTakesPodcast.TWTs to get these dope shirts you see behind me. TWTakesPodcast.com slash international for t-shirts with that dope-ass logo right there. Brought to you by at RefMarsh. That fulfills into uh, our international audience. So everyone in Europe, uh, you can get take care of through the Teespring site. Uh, revamp the TWT site today. Uh, let me know what you think. Those for asking about the promo code, it is beneath the payment option. So when you go to your cart to check out below where the payment is, that's where the promo code is. I didn't. I don't set that up. That's algorithm by uh, the host for the store. Their algorithm puts it there. I can't get that moved. I asked today, can we put the promo code up higher? They said this, it just goes below the buttons. I'm like that's fine. Whatever we got to do. So I'll let y'all know every time. I got. <laughs> I'm working on some uh, some promo codes. Uh, you know to do some partnerships and shit. Uh, that was one hell of a whip. Ricky Starks just threw the shit out of Hangman into the corner. Uh, but yeah, again, Wednesday Night War is the battle of myself against AEW. It is AEW against the clock for me. You give me a chance to turn this shit off, I will. Uh, the only reason why I'm not watching The Masked Singer is because we watch it as a family. Avoid all spoilers uh, Thursday for dinner. So we watch The Masked Singer together because uh, the kid goes to sleep before 8 o'clock anyway. So let's get into it. Let's start with Raw, get into NXT, and uh, and see what's good from there. I tell you, um, you know, I was really happy, really happy to see the Viking Raiders back again. Uh, but this Ednan shit is fucking rough, man. Uh, it's rough. He's got maybe another week left for for them to make a decision because it's not good. It's not good. Um, calling calling the the Viking. 
experience the Viking Express repeatedly. Um, number one, Viking Express isn't a bad name for the finisher. It's just not what the fucking finisher is. Um, and look, it is what it is, right? What, what are we going to say? Just could complain up and down about how Adnan is not good right now. He's not. But he's also at a level of not good that you know bothered me when Renee Young was trying to be on uh on commentary. You know what I mean? Y'all gave her zero chances and was like she's not getting she was getting better. But she even knew it wasn't her speed. This isn't Adnan's speed. He's a really good moderator of topics, not play by play guy. He can direct uh he can direct action as needed, not tell you what's happening in front of him. Uh, if you give him, like for one, I remember he used to go on Mike and Mike all the time and talk about the Oscars and upcoming award season. He's so fucking knowledgeable about all that shit. You give him the t- the chance for a tirade, he's on it. And super knowledgeable, super eloquent. He is coming off as if he knows not a fucking thing. And it's so tough because as fans today, we know a lot. We know a lot. We know a fuck ton about what's on TV. And especially when we have something like the Viking Raiders, who we haven't seen in so long, we're looking forward to everything they do and everything they do be done the right way, especially how they're called. So that's that's my gripe on that. Uh, it was good to see them back. Alexander and Benjamin didn't didn't just fall down for them. I mean, it, it was a seemingly quick match, but they they put on a great match together. I'm glad that Alexander and Benjamin are performing, but I, I don't like that. There's no trajectory. That's, you know, that's basically it. Uh, this is a damn good match between Starks and Hangman. This is going to take up the first 25 minutes to to three hours of the Thursday show of Wrestling on the Rocks. Shouts to Marsh, Amanda Jane, and Clump for their Thursday show at Wrestling on the Rocks. That motherfucker, she's going to talk about Ricky Starks for fucking 12 minutes without breathing. And then uh, as soon as somebody says something, she's going to bring him up again. Uh, she loves that man. But for good reason. I mean, the guy's fucking talented. Puts on incredible matches. Um, incredible adjacent. I mean, he's he's really good, though. Uh, this is, again, one one way to fire a shot at me. It's put on uh, fucking Ricky Starks and Hangman. And I love Hangman, man. I've always, I've always enjoyed his gimmick. I've always enjoyed his in-ring work. Because he was always so deliberate with his moves. You know what I mean? His clotheslines would hit. His punches would hit. You know? He's a uh, he's a very deliberate wrestler. And I'm I'm a big fan of guys like that. Those and technicians, um, which basically is what Stone Cold was his entire career. Oh, didn't even need the buckshot. Nah, that wasn't a kick out on two and seven eighths. That was a kick out on three. Hangman won that match. Looks like the buckshot's coming. Anyway, so yeah, um, you know the the Viking experience. Uh, it it's not the Viking Express <laughs> and the Viking Raiders. You know, again, good to have them back uh, and, and getting in the swing of things. Uh, hopefully, hopefully, uh, hopefully this goes somewhere, you know, hopefully they, they start to build some momentum and get uh get their proper place in the card. And quite honestly, they build some fucking tag teams. Randy Orton versus Matt Riddle, which I know a lot of us had saw supposed to be Randy Orton and uh, Randy Orton and fucking... Braun Strowman for the first time ever, and we didn't get that, of course. Uh, Randy Orton versus Riddle. I thought it was set up pretty well in the back with the whole scooter stuff. Again, I'm fucking tired of it, but Randy's ability to show as much disgust as I have. Good match. Uh, And no volume shouts. No volume. I love it. I love it. Anyway, um, 
I thought the match with Riddle and Orton, of course, was exactly what you know it was going to be. Except uh, I thought Randy did a good job of slowing Riddle down a bit, and of course, one of the most creative uh, out of the RKO's. Uh, Randy goes ahead and RKO. Uh, Riddle turns it into a crucifix pin. Thought it was great. Thought it was great. Um, you know, I, I don't like Riddle at all, but I will always give credit where credit's due. Uh, Randy, as per usual, sells it phenomenally. Um, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, Elias beat Kofi, which was odd, too. I'm watching it, and I'm like, okay, where's this going? Where's this going? And, you know, Wood's doing his thing, and, uh, you know, Riker on the outside, too. And, uh, and fucking... Out of nowhere, at least it seemed, out of nowhere, Elias ended up hitting the elbow. Now, I know they were working. They did a good job. I'll tell you what, they did a good job was Elias at the top rope and Kofi trying to get there. Showing that even though Kofi is a former champion, even though Kofi is as experienced as he is, the strength of Elias meant something. So, hopefully this propels Elias into a direction where he can get some fucking worth out of this. But him getting the pin over Kofi, I thought was like probably the most surprising thing that happened on Raw. And we saw Mason T-Bar's face. And with Elias getting the win, I was like, you know what? I could dig that. I could dig that. And, and you know, again, it happened so fast that, of course, I missed it. And as it did happen, I go, wait a sec. They show the replay, and I'm like, oh, okay, this was legit. There was no fuckery in this one. That was great. That was great. So hopefully so hopefully something happens out of that, you know what I mean? Uh, Damian Priest beat The Miz. The Miz tried to beat him the way he did the week before. Um, shouts to The Miz, too. Uh, Monday, I caught some Miz and Misses. Um, for scripted reality, it's a lot of fun. I'll give him that. I, I saw an episode or two. Of last season. I definitely saw the first episode of last last season. I was like, oh, okay. A little bit more scripted than it needed to be. Um, but this season, yeah, I, I caught this past episode. And uh, I caught a, some of an episode before that as well. Where they were going into... Uh, what was it? He had his own Miz Cave or something like that. So, for what they do, um, it's pretty entertaining. I mean, it's, you know, it's clean the house on Saturday type shit. It's nothing, you know... No Oscar or Emmy type shit, but it is. It, it's it's pretty cool. So sh- good for them, man. Good for them. So Damian Priest beat the Miz. The Miz tried beating him like he did last week, putting his feet on the ropes, and and Priest kicked out. Um, good match. Um, I, I'm not mad at how good Damian Priest is looking. Um, they're taking the time to build him and and show his worth, and that's dope. Something that they didn't really do with Nakamura. Something that they didn't do with Bobby Roode. Something that. Um, the only other person that really got that shot was Balor, and he got hurt like within a month. So um, it's good. It's good, you know. Um, Elias, same thing, though. Elias, as soon as he got up to the main roster, like, oh, you can hold the crowd in the palm of your hand? We know exactly what to put with you. Uh, Damian Priest is fantastic with an adversary. Anytime he's going to go against somebody, he is fantastic. I don't know what he – because like, remember when he won the North American title? I thought that whole celebration – Acting like a rock star thing, as rock star as his character is, it wasn't. It wasn't a look. Him solo wasn't a look. Him with an adversary, I think, is uh, extremely, extremely well done. Uh, another thing I liked about Raw, Sheamus. Sheamus. So from the beginning, I've been calling him Newsy Sheamus, right? 
I think a lot of us are on that on that wave where, you know, you see that old school character. But Newsy Seamus, to me, is fucking fantastic. And he <laughs> he was asked about having an open challenge. He's like, sure, I'll do an open challenge if anybody can beat me for the title. And this motherfucker meant like 1930s in a bar fucking fisticuffs. Can you beat the piss out of me? You beat the piss out of me, you can take my title. I So well done. Carrillo comes out. Uh, Umberto Carrillo comes out. And Seamus, <laughs> Seamus just beats the ever-living shit out of him. And and they go, oh, that's that's what he meant. He's going to, he needs to get beaten for his title. Beaten for his title. Come on. And he beats the shit out of Carrillo. It's perfect. Shouts to uh, to all the Bullet Club going on the bus to nowhere. Because that same bus, every time it went up to Impact, was whack as fuck. Um, Alright, so who do we got here? Is it Penta? Penta and all the fireworks. More fireworks and an exploding barbed wire deathmatch. Shouts. And I missed... Who's the guy on the side? He's wearing Sami Zayn's tights. And they're talking too. Alright, so Penta's got a mask. The guy with him doesn't. Uh, he looks like he writes for the Wrestling Observer. Um, I don't know, he probably wrestled his ass off, right? Shouts to the Wednesday Night War, man. I, I figure I couldn't let it go, you know? I couldn't let it go. Couldn't let it go. All right, so after Sheamus beat the piss out of Carrillo, you know, people are kind of wondering, like, what's going on? Is this going to be it? I, I think this is it. I think this is what he does. I think he just has the an ass-whooping contest, and if anybody can best him for the U.S. title, then uh, go for it. So we have Trent against penta so shouts um should be good rs cassidy's probably the most likable wrestler out there we also got as far as one-on-one or wrestling action goes uh lana and naomi but these all build the storylines lana and naomi defeated nia jackson Shayna baszler Shayna baszler continuing her role as looking like the fool is fantastic because she finally came at nia this week with the, oh, if you don't pick this shit up, if you don't continue to pull your weight, I'm at the fuck you up. And I loved it, because that's who Shayna is. That's exactly who Shayna is. And we're getting that side of her, so let's let's continue to see this, because as soon as they drop those titles to somebody, which it may end up being Lana and Naomi, because they did get the win over Shayna and Nia, we're going to get Shayna versus Nia, in a fucking ass-whooping contest. And I'm here for it. I am 100% here for it. I mean, it's something that we've been calling for for how long, right? The titles haven't meant anything since since Charlotte and Asuka took them off of her. Off of Shayna and Nia. Now that they got them back, they've just been, oh, okay, who wants to fight us for a little while? Now, they did take them all over the place, which is great. I've always given them credit for that. But they haven't fought in record of consequence because you always knew they were going to win. They weren't going to drop them to to Sasha and Bianca. They were never in position to lose them, except for at WrestleMania, and they definitely made the wrong fucking decision there. The entire crowd and the entire internet was like, yo, what is up? Give us fucking Natty and Tamina as the champs. And we didn't get it. And we didn't fucking get it. So we'll see. We'll see how all this goes. I'm interested in, in them losing. Um, at some point in time, so Shayna and I can really go go after each other. 
Um, I know there's a terrible wrestling take out there a couple episodes ago of me saying that, and it's it's something that need, needs to happen. I know it's not just my singular opinion, but I definitely... Uh, I definitely need that to happen. It's it's the best route to go for all of them. Uh, I alluded to it earlier. Drew McIntyre uh, asked he so before we get into the unmasking, he asked Adam Pierce for a handicap match because that's what Drew McIntyre does. He beats people in handicap matches, and Adam Pierce is like, Nah, son, get a get a fucking tag partner. Okay. He doesn't want one. Give me the handicap match. Okay, you give me a fucking handicap match. He gets the fucking handicap match. So fucking stupid. Now, meanwhile, of course, I didn't say this. Um, he's wondering, is it is it MVP working with... Is MVP working with Mason T-Bar? You know, I'm surprised that Adnan doesn't call them Mason T-Bar. Uh, I see this fucking looking up at the AEW action. I'll tell you what, uh, Pent did a good job of holding up Trent. See, that's that shit. That's that shit. Trent's completely on offense. He throws Penta into the ropes. And then Penta jumps off into a Canadian destroyer. What does that even mean? At least they're selling it. At least they're selling it. So anyway, uh, he gets the match in against Mason T-Bar because MVP's always around when they're around. So he's like, fuck it. If they're working for MVP, I'm going to beat the shit out of MVP's boys. All right. Whatever. Mason T-Bar can't handle getting her ass whooped, so they beat the shit out of Drew McIntyre in the corner, lose by disqualification, and then the Strowman choo-choo comes out. Now, Braun Strowman comes out and helps save Drew McIntyre, and they turn it into a tag match. My only issue is that it took fucking, I don't know, six, seven minutes for them to turn it into a tag match, so now we got to watch Drew McIntyre for fucking 15 minutes. Didn't need to. But at the end of the match, Mason T-Bar win. Against McIntyre and Strowman by disqualification. First one, Mace gets his mask ripped off. McIntyre smacked him in the face with the fucking mask. God damn it, that had to hurt. Then uh, T-Bar gets his mask taken off at the end by Strowman. He gets smacked with the mask too. Um, I thought it was great. I thought it was great. You know, there's a lot of bullshit about retribution. And yes, you can only do, uh, you know, work with the cards you're dealt. And... They played their parts well. Retribution as a storyline was trash, right? It, it never got off on the right foot. I know me and Justin Time 211 went back and forth like crazy on is this good, is this not good, is this good, is this not good. Oh, it's building, where did it go? You know, all of that, and they did the right thing by scrapping it and moving to this next direction. Ali going to where he's going. Mason T-Bar going to where they're going. Let it happen. And supposedly Reckoning got moved to uh to friday night i would assume same thing happens to her mask gets ripped off gets it thrown at her no more we get all our individual characters i am still a fan of having mason t-bar together with those names as tag team as a tag team period uh number one i don't know dijakovic's real name if that's his real name you know what i mean because he was uh donovan dijak right on the indies so what if people are like, well, why don't just make him Dijakovic? Because it doesn't have to be. It never had to be. He could have been Dijak the whole time. So if they want to stay Mason T-Bar and be a tag team, I'm more than fine with that. They're, they're dudes of similar size. They're big dudes. And it would make a lot of sense for them to be a tag team together. Justin Time in the YouTube chat says, uh, Slapjack moved to SmackDown as well. Dope. I mean, we'll find out Friday, right? And talk about that on Saturday. Um, yeah, if Slapjack is there, dope. 
Uh, and then we get, you know, I know, I know a lot of people are itching for Shane Thorne to do his thing. Uh, and by all means, you know, as long as these guys get a chance to do what they do, I'm all for it. It doesn't matter, you know, what show, where, what, what fucking platform, you know, all that shit about who got released and shit. If they're not wrestling on WWE TV and you say WWE TV is trash, then what the fuck do you want them there for anyway? Oh, I can't believe they got fired. Joe wasn't wrestling. And yes, he was one of the better parts of commentary, but we don't know what they wanted out of that. I'm sorry, but I'm an Iconics guy. And if they have no interest in bringing the band back together, Billy Kay hadn't wrestled except for at WrestleMania, which, yes, is a thing in itself, but she has no matches of, sequ- uh, of significance. And by popular opinion, Peyton Royce shit the bed when she got her opportunity. So if everyone who got released, y'all are bitching about them should have stayed in WWE. Not one person got released that was being utilized besides Billy Kay. And I think I was the only fan of that. I know a lot of people liked it, but like, you know, yeah, do I wish these people had jobs? Sure. But you know what happened to me during a pandemic? I went jobless for fucking four months. So what the fuck do I care if people lose jobs? Fucking rebound. If you love this shit, get on TV and do it. Get to work. Get to work. Go somewhere. Do some shit. You think these people don't get paid for that 90 days? They have a non-compete for 90 days. You can't you can't have a non-compete and not get paid. These motherfuckers are getting paid for the 90 days, and on day 91, they'll do their thing. It is what it is. It's not a big deal. Not a big deal. Fucking same people saying Raw sucks is, I can't believe they let them go. So you'd rather them be on Raw on a show that sucks? It would be better if Peyton Royce got more matches? I don't know. I don't fucking know. All I know is what I see on TV. So I don't care what show these performers are on. And when they're there, I'll root for them. Because I want a good show. I don't want to sit here and talk shit, but I will. I haven't watched most of this uh, Penta Trent match. He's telling Orange Cassidy to look at this. Can't get him up for a package pile driver. Forearm to the face. What else we got? Some chops. Kick in the stomach. And a thrown pile driver on the apron. Okay. At least he didn't hit his head on the apron. Um, so, yeah, Mason T-Bar getting unmasked, I-, I think, is dope. And, hey, let's see where it goes from here. Um, there's zero chance that if they face Braun Strowman and Drew McIntyre that they win in a regular match. Um, let's see them against Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander next week and grow from there. Next up that I have is is the second-to-last thing I'll talk about with Raw. Oscar uh, versus Charlotte. Um, I'm gonna tell you this right now. The Charlotte promo in the beginning of the night made me want to turn off Raw, period. I was like, look, if they're gonna keep force feeding this bullshit with Charlotte, I'm out. I'm out. Her promos are so fucking tone deaf that she doesn't understand that nobody considers it that way. There is a humility to success that we can all understand, right? I worked hard to get here. Um, I've been blessed to have the opportunities, even if John Cena came out and was like, look, I've sold more tickets and t-shirts than anybody else in the world. And I've almost won more titles than anybody else in the world. And I deserve it. You would go, fuck man. Yeah, you're kind of right. Becky Lynch said in a promo once, um, you may have been 10 time champion, but not one run was memorable or some shit like that. And that's kind of the problem that people who think like me. So that's where I'll say we as fans. Uh, where we as fans have the disconnect when it comes to Charlotte. So her promo in the beginning of the night, how people hate her and 
Um, you know, she's got all these champions and she's worth this and that. I'm just like, you, you really don't understand what it is people don't like about you. What people don't like is that the way you win your titles is circumventing situations that rob us of good storylines. So when she beat Asuka for the SmackDown Women's Championship to bring it into WrestleMania, well, why did you have to beat Asuka? Now Asuka doesn't have a match at WrestleMania for her title. And you're in a match that we don't want you in. Now, yes, it's not her choice to do those things. And no, if I'm her, I'm not saying no to the back. But that's the character who executed that scenario that robbed us of two things that we would have wanted. An Oscar match at WrestleMania and Ronda versus Becky one-on-one at WrestleMania. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. One of one of Charlotte's title runs, I think, it was like 15 seconds, right? She beat someone for the title, and then Bailey came and cashed in money in the bank and took the title. Um, you know, it's those things. It's those things. But Charlotte literally won that title like two weeks before Mania, just to definitely be in that match, or to I'm sorry, to bring the title in that match because she was already in it. And Becky two belts was great. It was, but we didn't need Becky two belts. We didn't need that. That's the disconnect with the character. So when she says the things she says, it's not bringing up those things as a point. Her run with Sasha was fun. And they kept bringing up the fact that Sasha couldn't have a title defense against her. I get it. I get it. It was Sasha. You know what? No, fuck that. Because that was even showing that Sasha isn't as good as Charlotte. And that's just not true. So again, the promo work from Charlotte is a disconnect on how how we, again, fans like me, how we view Charlotte. We don't view her as, you just hate me because I'm good. No, we hate you because of the situations you circumvent to get what you have. If she was going to be in that match at WrestleMania, and I had to deal with that, that's fine. To beat Asuka to take her off of WrestleMania, I have a problem with that. I have a problem with that. To say you're the 13-time champ and you lost that title in two weeks and you also lost to a cash-in. Oh, wait, what'd she do? Did she? No, because I don't think she beat Bailey, right? She she beat someone. I forgot who it was. And I, I believe it was uh, Bailey that cashed in money in the bank to beat Charlotte. And maybe Charlotte beat Bailey and Carmella cashed in. I don't remember which one it was. However it worked out. But she was getting wins. And losing them right away, a la what Sasha was doing to Charlotte. And then Charlotte would hold it for a month. Sasha would get it and then lose it, you know, in her next match. Um, Or Sasha would win on Raw because she couldn't win on pay-per-views. You know, whatever it was. The point is, the story that they always tell with Charlotte is never the one of, you know, that stat padding. And if she called herself, as Edge does, the ultimate opportunist. Hey, I see it. I see a match I want. I take it. I go get it. This is what I do. Then I'm like, man, I fucking hate you for doing that. But that's not what it is. I'm so great. I'm so great. I do this. I'm so great. But that's where the disconnect with the promo is. She had a match with Asuka, and she proved inside that match. Go back and go back to Raw and watch the match. And show me how there's a the 30 second sequence there where she botches fucking like three moves in a row. And I'm like. This is the shit I'm talking about. 
when it comes to people calling her the greatest wrestler or she should wrestle men or whatever it is. You're working with Asuka, who is by far, by far, the best all-around women's wrestler on the roster. All around. Everything but the mic work, but that's because she's Japanese and we're American or English-speaking. And if all of her promos were in Japan, in Japanese, we would look like the assholes for not understanding her. You know what I'm saying? So the promo work, you language barrier, you throw that away when it comes to best overall. But the best overall performer is Asuka. And she has not one classic with her. Go back and watch that WrestleMania match. It's not a fucking classic. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You don't work a fucking arm the entire match and have her tap out to a knee. It's trash. It was a terrible story being told in the ring. I'm sorry. I can't I can't stand by that match. Promo in the beginning of the night was trash. Because of the disconnect. Match itself. Dumbed down so many times. Because of horrible move execution. Mostly by Charlotte. I have to go back and watch it to see what Asuka's culpability was. But it were, they were offensive move, moves by Charlotte or Charlotte being in the wrong position. After the match, the way she got herself suspended because she could not believe she would lose to someone like Asuka who she's beat several times. And her taking it out on everyone else was fucking fantastic. The wife texts me the next day and goes, oh, Charlotte got suspended and... uh and find a hundred grand. Like, do you think this is her getting written off TV, or uh, is this, you know, part of storyline? I said this is probably part of the best version of Charlotte we will ever see. What they're doing now is they are implementing Charlotte's words into character. They are showing that she she is a physical force, a dominant being. Someone who should be better than everyone else. And the fact that she lost into some bullshit way because Rhea did the interference and Asuka got the pin. Charlotte's like, I can't fucking believe you referees fucked this up for me. She took it out on officials. They suspended her and fined her and I thought it was fucking phenomenal. She went about it and acted it in an outstanding way. I have zero issues with that whatsoever. Finally finally build a character that I can understand what I see on TV. This is the first time I am seeing a Charlotte that I understand the words and the actions at the same time. And she's got 13 fucking championships. This is the first time her words and actions equal each other. And she's got 13 championships. So when you finally give me an opportunity to be shown how great you are, but you already have 13 championships in the bank. Look, Tom Brady just won a Super Bowl in Tampa Bay. He just proved how great he is because he did it without everything that he talked about for years in the whole Patriot way. That proves how great he is, singularly. Charlotte's doing that right now. This is the best version of a character she has ever had. So when Bully Ray and Dave LaGreca are deep-throating the WWE microphone that she's speaking through when she's crying about her dad and all this shit, go fuck yourself. It's the same bullshit story that we don't believe because it was broken outside wrestling. We know their trauma. We know Rick isn't a philanderer no more. He don't fuck around on nobody. We know that wrestling has only meant so much to Charlotte over the last 15 years since her brother passed away. Self-inflicted, no offense. This, this is the first time they've given us a character to believe in. First time. And I'm here for it. I'm here for it. I am the first one. Marsh 
over at Wrestling on the Rocks calls it eating crow. I don't eat crow because I don't care. Okay? You can you can prove me wrong, that's fine. But I also don't hold my opinions that tight. But I am 1,000% on point with Charlotte from the gate. Never once, never once did you give me a character that I go, oh, okay, I believe that. No, it was cheat to win with her dad's help. You're not the best when you cheat to win with your dad's help. You're not the best when you have 13 championships because you beat you beat Asuka two weeks before WrestleMania and took her off of WrestleMania and put yourself in a match that we didn't want. So the character and the actions never added up. This is the first fucking time. The first time the characters and the actions add up. And I'm fucking here for it. I am here for it right now. And what I would absolutely love is for Asuka and Rhea to get through WrestleMania Backlash, have Rhea win it again, have Asuka move on to Charlotte non-title. Give Rhea something else. Now build two women's feuds. Build two women's feuds. Inside. And have Charlotte lose. Legit. Legit. Not on bullshit. Legit. And then you would see the fuming of Charlotte. Because she's supposed to be the GOAT and can't be. Because she has a misstep. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Just in time, 211 in the YouTube chat says, All I see is just ending up being another poor me thing with Charlotte. I don't think so. I don't think so. You know, she posted on Twitter today, and, and I, I jabbed at her. She posted on Twitter today, her and Andrade on a boat somewhere. And the caption was, oh, what would I do with being suspended? Um, I get where you're coming from, Justin, as far as the poor me thing, because that's what Charlotte does. But it seems like she's owning that she knows her options. And if she owns her, her options, and as she implements them, gets cut out from underneath, I'm cool with that. She can't walk in the door and go, oh, I'm back from suspension. Go in there, beat Ray for the title first match in. That's turn off the TV heat. Because that means you can't believe in any stories. You just have to take Charlotte as a goat and that's it. Like when everyone was shitting on Roman, he was building fantastic stories. He was winning matches as he was building his character. And nobody wanted to buy into it because they knew three, four, six months from now he was going to win. The problem with Charlotte is she shows up and wins a title in that match. That's a problem. That's a problem. So if Charlotte comes back with poor me, um, I'd be surprised. Honestly, Justin, I would see her come back and go, huh, maybe I'll get suspended again. See my tan? I would love that. I would love that. It gives her depth. Gives her an actual character. All right, let me wrap up Raw and get into Alexa Bliss. I tell you this. I see a lot of people complaining that Bray Wyatt's getting buried because all they're doing is just throwing the Fiend character on Alexa. And shouts to YouTube. Because uh, I'm on YouTube right now. I'm live on YouTube, Twitch, uh, Facebook, and Twitter all at once. Uh, shouts to Facebook. Anybody listening on there? Sorry, the chat doesn't filter through to me. Uh, you got to go to a different place to chat. Um, but this YouTube generation, they want everything too quick, and they think they know everything at the drop of a dime. Bray Wyatt said it last week. He needs to revamp. It's basically what his promo was. I need to look at things and and take care of things. All the while, Alexa said it this week, or even last week it was, uh, it was in me all the time. And she showed where it was. It was in Lily. It was Lily who was, and she told the whole story this week on how it made her beat up this bitch at the playground, blah, 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 all that shit. Alexa was possessed by the fiend energy, and that fiend energy unlocked Lily inside of her. Now we have a darker Alexa on her own terms. Has nothing to do with Bray. I'm fine with it. 
I'm fine with it. You know why? Because they're fucking trying something. They're trying something. Now, it's up to a particular character to be able to access that energy and act it, and that's okay. But this is how you go from, well, what do we do? Because I, I said it. Dude, I said it. I got fucking seven hours of content pre-WrestleMania going somewhere in there. I say, well, I don't know where they go from here with Bray Wyatt and Alexa. So I don't, I don't know how to predict this match Predict this match because I don't know where you go from here. And the first thing they did when the match happened, Bray walks down the fucking weekend hallway and sheds his fucking burnt up skin. Duh. That's where you go from here. Your scabs, your scabs go away and you have new skin underneath. Duh. He got burnt. What happens when the burnt skin sheds? Just in time, 211 came up with a different name for it. I forgot what he said. Molts. That's what it is. When he molts that dead skin away underneath, brand new. Brand new fiend underneath all the molting. Ta-da! That's how you do it. So what do you do with Alexa after that finish? Well, this is what you do. They're continuing to tell stories. And I was nervous about this one. It's a story I've been invested to pre-draft. I'll say it every time. Pre-draft. I was invested to it. They were on SmackDown. Alexa looking at the ceiling like, what the fuck is going on? I don't know what's happening. What's going on? What's going on? Oh, I'm back. Yeah. Yeah. Since then, ready to go. And I'll tell you what, I don't mind it. She put the women's locker room on notice. On notice. And and we know her demon sitting right there. Alexa is her own version of The Fiend. There is no gray area. There is no um, comedy tragedy. It's one. It's, it's Playground Alexa and that's it. That's all it is. It's just Playground Alexa. Okay? And Playground Alexa now has the opportunity to put the women's locker room on notice and handle business. And I'm not mad at that. What does it do for Bray? I don't care. Bray is his own animal, his own entity of doing dope shit. And he's going to handle business. So will that interject into Alexa? Maybe. Maybe. And if it does, you know who's going to do it? Sister Abigail. Sister Abigail. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's this we are here for some shit. This at the end of the day, we're probably six months into it. We might have another six months to go of Alexa and Bray. A one year story? Are you kidding me? Thanks, WWE. Come on now. Come on. It's not that hard. It's not that hard to just sit back and buy in. What I used to say a couple months ago, take the ride. Take the ride. We're here. We're already here. We're already dialed in. We got the TV on. Take the ride. Ha <laughs> just time to 11. Just did my Twitter co-hosting part. Yes, sir. The growth. The, yeah, hey, man, I appreciate the love, brother. He said the growth has been off the charts. Keep it up, my guy. Yeah, I, absolutely, man. Look, I'm I'm here for this. You know, it's it's been a fucking grind once WrestleMania season started. I did all of that with love, man. I did everything for WrestleMania season with love. Justin, our episode together was fucking awesome, dude. Up to like 25 plays, I think. Um, my man Red Fox that Saturday, we put in a dope episode as well. Uh, and then the following Tuesday with fucking Chat Grappling Cheap Pops. It was so much fucking fun, man. I had so much fun with them. That was, man, they are just the best. And I, to be dead honest, dude, I, I've been so foggy that I haven't been able to listen to to podcasts. I haven't listened to Graham at Good Cop, Bad Cop. I haven't listened to Red Fox at Night of Living Podcast. 
TK, what up, my friend? Uh, Pop Culture Wrestling at YouTube. Just jumped in the chat. TK, what up? Appreciate it, brother. Uh, how you like the How you like the window? The fuck is this called? The um, the watch window. Whatever the fuck I call them. I don't even know what the fuck I call them. The background. Pop Culture Wrestling. Terrible, <laughs> terrible Wrestling Taste Podcast. We are in Congress and what we do now. But yeah, all that WrestleMania content I did, like, you know, I was talking to a couple people. And uh, basically what I, what I felt like it came down to was screen time. And, uh, you know, I fucking just a lot. I hit you on Facebook, but I found you. Shit, sexy, bro. I know. I know, TK. Yeah, TK, I, I got to figure out what's going on with the Facebook chat. When I first had it up, uh, doing the quad stream like this, because I'm on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and uh, uh, Twitch all at the same time. The chat is filters from everywhere, but... Like, the second or third one I did, it cut out the Facebook chat. So, I don't know why. I can chat to Facebook, but uh, it's read-only. It won't uh, It won't come back to me. So, I don't know if that's a Facebook setting or not. Um, and as you found out, um, I don't do Facebook that well. What you watched, it, watched tonight, did you enjoy NXT last night? Absolutely enjoyed NXT. We're about to get into that. Um, right now, I have on AEW. Um, I haven't been able to watch it. So because I haven't been able to look at it, I want to put the Yankees back on. Um, but like I said earlier on, um, this Wednesday Night War, uh, they got me off the jump. You can't put on Hangman and Ricky Starks and a fucking four-viewer podcast. You know what I'm saying? It's not going to... I can't compete with Hangman and Ricky Starks. Um, yeah, only get comments from one to two sources streaming on four sources on StreamYard. Yeah, uh, Restream's dope, man. Restream really does work great. Um, but this is all a process. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm trying to watch the Sheeta take Conti match, but I got into my uh, my Alexa diatribe, and everything Alexa touches turns to gold, so I'm I'm down with Alexa. Uh, hardcore, man. I love everything Alexa does. Um, hopefully Miro like does his Miro thing. I, I mean, I don't know... Again, I've yet to turn on AEW and be hooked. Um, but this is this so far. I mean, hey, we're an hour in and they're winning the war. You know, I'll, I'll fucking put my hands down. What am I going to say? I'm going to say I'm beating AEW. I'm not. So like I was saying before, who's Lily? Lily's the best. Watch Raw and you'll find out who Lily is. Lily's her spirit animal, man. Look, when we were kids, you know, there was always there was always a driving force. You know, there was the, the angel on one shoulder the, the devil on the other. That's who Lily is. She's the devil on Alexa's little kid's shoulder, man. Do I do the right thing? Do I do the wrong thing? And like she said, Lily made her do it, man. She always wanted to do the right thing, but Lily made her do it. And Lily was accessed by Sister Abigail, the spirit of the fiend. So that's where she came from. Come on, man. This shit ain't hard. Listen to the podcast. I got you. I got you. Um, I don't know what all out means. Um, I've played poker and I've used the term all in. So... Um, it's a little podcast humor. Uh, shouts to factions, I guess. But uh, I don't know. I can't stand anything Jericho does. I haven't watched the Broken Skull Sessions either. I will. Do I think Lily, uh, Pop Culture Wrestling, my man TK, Pop Culture Wrestling says, uh, do I think there will be a Lily, a character? I don't know. You know, uh, Nikki Cross tweeted a picture a couple, not uh, this week, but the one before that, uh, post-Raw. And I was like, oh, my comment to her was, was please be Lily. Because um, I would love for Lily to have a face to her, but we also we also 
felt that about Sister Abigail. And right before the Fiend match, the Fiend um, uh, 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 Demon match, we thought we were going to get a Sister Abigail version, and we never did, which may ended up being what the Fiend is. Because it was, uh, sorry, it was just Bray Wyatt versus uh, Finn Balor, who was going to bring the Demon, and we were supposedly going to get it. But um, I would love, yeah. Oh, that's, uh, Pop Culture Wrestling says, uh, Sanity Nikki Cross as Lily would be hot. Yes, but Sanity Nikki Cross is what I call want to play Nikki. When Nikki came up to the main roster first time and said, want to play, ah, done, done. Because she gives you the Scottish accent with the with the eyes and everything. Like, she's so fucking crazy. I'm all in on Nikki Cross, man. I've missed watching her wrestle. I remember her wrestling in a... Uh, a fatal four-way, which I think I turned into a three-way with her, Alexa, and Ruby Riot was fucking amazing in NXT. Uh, and if it wasn't those three, it was still amazing. Uh, Just in time, 211 YouTube chat says, maybe Alexa gets a mask that looks like Lily's face. Uh, I don't know. And you, the only reason why I say that is because they move Lily's mouth. Um, they've made Lily a character. So I don't know where that goes, but I see what you're saying. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. Um, but yeah, I, I know Nikki can wrestle her ass off. I don't know what the plans are for that. I'm, I'm glad she didn't get released with that group of releases that happened. Because by all means, she was on TV a lot less than half the people that got released. So maybe, and who knows, could be a money thing. Nobody, I really don't care why anybody got released. I don't have the volume on. So I am definitely going to change AEW off my TV. Just so I can watch the Yankees. Um it's, I tell you what, though, it was a really good episode so far uh, without volume. I don't know if the volume would have made a difference or not. Um, but welcome. Welcome all to the Wednesday Night Wars. Uh, I officially tapped out at the hour mark with the Inner Circle on TV. Uh, if I had the volume on, I assume I would have turned it off at the opportunity of the fans singing Judas. Um, I think it's one of the dumbest things out there. But in wrestling, as a performer, that's what you strive for. To have the crowd sing your entrance song. So I get it, but I'm good. So I'm going to put the Yankee game on. Come on, son of a bitch. Okay. Well, 3 nothing Braves. Bases loaded. Bottom 7. LeMayhew at bat. Over 3 on the day, so he's due. Let's see what happens. Um... Oh, it's that commercial break. Are they hopefully they're doing a pitch and change? I don't know. Spoil it for me if you know. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's that's my thoughts on Lily. You know, I think right now we're just at the beginning stages. I said it earlier in the podcast, TK, that I think I think what this is is just the foundation of what we're getting in the Alexa side of things, and it will break off into Bray doing his own thing, Alexa doing her thing. Because they did, they put that line of demarcation that this is Lily doing it to Alexa has nothing to do with the fiend anymore. Um, I do think they'll cross paths again. I just don't know how, why, when, or where. Let's get it. NXT time. NXT. 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 Shouts to Justin Wrestling Five. That fucker. He never joins for podcasts. I don't think he listens to him, which is fine. But I'm going to. I'm going to say this. He said something about the new logo uh, being a carrying cross thing and how he thinks he was the only one that noticed. Um, and I just told him, I noticed, but I think it's fucking stupid. 
That fucking Vulture-style character behind the NXT logo is fucking dumb, especially if it's associated with Karrion Cross, because Karrion Cross, as dominant and menacing as he looks, has not been that person. His return, up until facing LDF at the same time, was trash. Weak. Missed spots. Not great matches. I thought him and Finn had the best match at Santa Deliver 2. I think it was better than the No Sanction match. It was better than the ladder match. Uh, better than the women's tag match. And what was the other one? Uh, I don't know. Anyway, they had the best of night too. Okay? It was a really good match. Really fun match. Um, I don't remember much of it. It's part of my screen time situation. But. He's not been dominant enough to put his fucking character behind it. Um, they'd be better served with a fucking Finn X behind it. I don't understand why you would make NXT about carrying Cross when he's not been that for you. Um, he had a really good performance against Keith Lee to win his title, but of course he got injured and then we move. So I, I I'm not a fan of it because of that. But if what I said was, past that, they're drawing the line in the sand, and they're letting us know that everything before this line was yesterday. We are now working towards tomorrow. And shouts to Justin Time 211. He said last night, uh, how can you not love this new Kyle O'Reilly? And I will tell you right now how you cannot love this Kyle O'Reilly. And I said it to him in tweet too, but um, O'Reilly's promos are forced. This is how I am going to show you I am a babyface. And what you don't really get is that, you know, what I'm telling you is, is that I'm going to be a babyface. So, you know, when this happened to me and it happened by the heel, you know, I'm here to remind you that, you know, I am a babyface. And to think that I'm not a babyface, well, guess what? I'm going to show you tonight. That when I wrestle someone, I am going to be the babyface. And then Cameron Grimes music hits and to the moon. And I hate the Cameron Grimes character too. Not because of the character, but because, again, like I said about the Sami Zayn situation. Again, shout out to Justin Time 211 co-hosting last night. I don't like him because I want to see him wrestle. I don't need, I don't need this character built. But I also don't like it the same way I don't like Sasha's laugh. Sasha's laugh is like mistimed and too long. Cameron Grimes, when he was when he first came back and he was jumping all around the ring to show his excitement, that's not excitement. That's you being a fool. You're not a fool. So Cameron Grimes does this thing, and then Kyle O'Reilly's like, well, just to let you know, Mr. Heel, that I have a match tonight, and I'm a babyface, and I'm going to face a heel tonight, but I don't see a heel. We're, we're business partners, so as a babyface, I'm going to look around like I'm pretending that I'm not going to hit you because, you know... I'm still the baby face, and guess what? Oh, you know what? Let me put my glasses on, and you're my guy, and I am a baby face, and I'm going to hit you first, but I'm the baby face. Can't do it. Can't do it. Uh, I'm not buying it. All right, here we go. Here we go. Shouts to the YouTube chat. TKK, do I thought uh, she would get released and black too. Yeah, Nikki Cross and Alistair Black would have made sense. Uh, Kyle O'Reilly is not a fucking main eventer, and I have no interest in him. And Cross says TK. Well, if they build it, I'm fine with that. Um, just in time, no. I meant Kyle O'Reilly the whole time, and I don't like Cameron Grimes either. Neither one of them. 
But I could have sworn you sent Kyle O'Reilly last night. Uh, Valor versus Cross had the best match tonight, too. Should have made it a thousand percent. Yes. In hindsight, absolutely should have. Um, they just did, because they did that spot in the middle of the ramp, you can't do a match after that. So, I mean, you see exactly why. So, um, NXT sucks to be having to watch Orange Cassidy. I mean, just Dane O'Reilly in the main event. I don't know what that means, TK. Listen here. All right. We let things play out on TV. Okay. You recruited me over to pop culture wrestling. All right. You can just stain all you need about O'Reilly. Um, you think him and Cassidy have the same thing? Oh, no. Kyle O'Reilly sucks. No, he's so good as a mid-carder, not a fucking main eventer. So here's the thing, TK. I'll tell you this much. While I don't disagree, if I were to tell you I'm going to hire you to mop floors at my restaurant and... You show me you can do fries, and I let you do fries. You're like, hey, I can make burgers, and you make burgers. And you do all of that really well. Don't you think you should get an opportunity to be a manager? So this is this is O'Reilly's opportunity to be a manager. I don't think he can be. I don't think he can be. But if it plays out on TV and they prove me wrong, I'm fine with that too. So I have... No problems with O'Reilly being in that position. But I will come on here and I will do my O'Reilly impression. Oh, Adam, just remember, you're the heel and I'm the baby face because I wasn't doing heel stuff when you attacked me like a heel and proved to everyone that I'm the baby face. Yeah, I'll do that O'Reilly as much as I can to let you guys know I'm not buying his bullshit. But I will buy it if I'm sold. I just... My entire podcast seemed to be predicated on not liking Charlotte, and she proved to me that she has a character in her that I can buy into on Monday. But you'll have to check that out on the podcast version. I'm, I'm serious, though. Like, there's, an, there's always an opportunity to prove wrestling fans wrong, because as much as we know, we know less than everyone involved. So yes, while I completely agree that O'Reilly is not a main eventer, I haven't seen it. I also disagree that Kushida's a cruiserweight. I thought he should take the title off of Finn Balor in January. Meanwhile, he's got the cruiserweight title. Not even a chance. Not even a chance at the North American title. You kidding me? With Johnny all distracted and all that shit and Kushida showing how good he is. Why has he got the cruiserweight title? He's not going to bring more fans to 205 Live on Saturdays. Shouts to Justin Time 211 YouTube chat. I have... Slight disinterest in O'Reilly versus Cross because they both feel like they're missing something. TK says, I was a huge uh, Kyle O'Reilly fan. I don't know what the fuck he's doing now. Well, he's in NXT. He's being positioned as a uh, a main eventer. I thought you knew that. Um, Reed Dragon with Fish all day. I don't know what that means. Cut the mohawk. Get rid of the fucking lame jacket and skinny jeans. And... Start tearing limbs. Yeah, I don't know what that means. Okay, because I watched NXT. And what NXT showed me is that O'Reilly is trying to become a main eventer. And he needs the opportunity to become that main eventer. Because by all means, it seems like they have to rebuild their shit. So like I said about the cross logo, is that they're, they're letting us know that everything before the cross logo was yesterday. And everything after that is tomorrow. So if you're saying that uh, he's not as good a main eventer as Robert Roode was, yeah, you're right.
But Robert Roode was a tag team champion everywhere else. But he was fantastic as an NXT champion. He ain't doing shit on the main roster except being a dirty dog, but he knows his place. And he does that really fucking well. But how much did NXT make make us care about Robert Roode? So when he went to the main roster, we're like, well, how to fucking be a tag champ? Well, that's his best work. His best work. Okay, so this is where TK gets himself into a hole. Because what we do over here at Table Wrestling Takes is we call people on their shit. My man said, dude's a stud in the ring, a stud. I'm a big fan of his and loved his feud with Balor. But what they're doing now is gross. Okay, since Balor, one storyline. Now they're trying to build a babyface. Can you fucking wait? TK, can you wait? TK, can you wait? Let it happen. Let it happen. Let it happen. And if at the end of it, it sucks, that's fine. But yes, I agree with you to the point that the promos on O'Reilly's part, and even Cole's, because I didn't think Cole was that great either, the build to the blow-off, and a lot of people said it, blood feud with no blood, I get it, the build to the blow-off between Cole and O'Reilly wasn't good. And the match was good. But it was 45 minutes, it could have been 22. I agree. I agree. My NXT preview with Just in Time 211 was... Well, it has to go on last because nobody can follow it. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. So when it comes down to to what they're doing with O'Reilly, they're giving him a chance. So us as fans need to give him a chance too. So as we watch this O'Reilly build, what we need to do as fans is like I do with AEW and all those fucking marks out there, is you keep them honest. O'Reilly didn't hit. O'Reilly didn't hit. O'Reilly didn't hit. Yo, he keeps striking out. Can you stop? But you got to give him a chance to step to the plate. If he doesn't get a chance to step to the plate, then you got nothing. You got nothing. He is he is Robert Roode right now. For sure, Robert Roode. Robert Roode's a tag team specialist who is a hell of an athlete, but his charisma leads him to a tag team. Robert Roode, with the entrance and the in-ring work, was a phenomenal NXT champion. And I'll debate anyone on that. What he did in NXT as a champion was outstanding. He has no charisma for the main stage. Won't work. Won't work. With that being said, though, I would love to see O'Reilly get the chance. If he fails, that's fine. Put him back with Fish. Not a problem. Shout. That's what I'm here for. Terrible wrestling takes. I call you on yours, and I let you know I got my own. TK says, so you're right. I think he can be a main eventer, but the way he is promoing and his attire is brutal. Robert Roode delivers the third best spine buster of all time. Yeah, probably. Probably. I mean, Orange number one. And then it's a battle for number two. Hold up. Hold up. All right. Fuck it. Let's do it. TK, who do you got? Farouk's number two, right? Because that Farouk, especially with the Acolytes, that spine buster, fuck. But yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it, it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? Like, O'Reilly just needs his opportunity. And, and what we do here at Terrible Wrestling Takes is we take it as it's given to us. Because we, we don't have a pencil, so we can't write it. All we can do is watch it and and judge whether or not what's being performed fits to what's entertaining. If it's entertaining, dope. If it's not entertaining, we got to move. Um, but we need stories. Because without a story, we're not invested. We got to see how it plays out. The first time Lana went through a table, I said it like everyone else did. Oh, that happened because Miro went to AEW. The second time, I go, wait a second. The third time? Oh, shit. By fourth time, I was calling it the streak. Seventh time happened, 
and they fucking go, they set it on TV. I'm like, nope, you took it away from us. That's not what you're supposed to do. Subliminal stories. We keep this shit honest. Uh, Shouts to TK again in the YouTube chat. Appreciate you coming through, man, and blowing up the chat for sure. Uh, Take notes out there, podcast land. TK says, you're right. I know. It's been one feud, and I can step back and accept that. NXT, my favorite show. By the way, I'll call it like I see it. Bobby Roode with the hard eyes. Yeah, I mean, that's just it's just what it is, man. That's the thing. And what, I, what I've been trying to do, and it seems to work out, again, shouts to Justin Time 211 for saying our side of the IWC. You know, Twitter itself has lent, uh, has lent the wrestling discussion to be so contentious. Um, what we just did there through your chat and my conversation is come to a common ground on O'Reilly and just say, let's see what happens. Because if we say, let's see what happens, then we can sit down on TV, sit down and watch TV and go, oh, okay, I see some build here. Then the following we go, oh man, they missed. Uh, shouts to TK again. He goes, Arn Farouk, Bobby Roode, Hunter, Batista. Um, I'm not a fan of Batista's, um... And I think Hunter is always inconsistent. But your top three is definitely there. Um, maybe that's my problem with Batista. And, you know, honestly, my problem with Batista is his legs. His legs are so fucking weird on every uh, spine buster. And I love The Rock for doing it pre-People's Elbow. Because it was treated like a setup move. But just as devastating as the finisher. Because you have to be laid out that long. Because The Rock used to do a DDT as well. And it was enough for The Rock to get his shit together. Basically before, uh, I believe, The Rock bottom or whatever. But it was one of those things where, like, Austin used to say all the time, oh, the DDT's bastardized now, or the super kick, right? Those were finishing moves back in the day. And when Arn hits you with a spine buster, it's over, right? The Rock hits you with a spine buster. He kept the reverence of Farouk and was like, got it now. If I nail this with a people's elbow, that spine buster is triple legit. I'm cool with it. Um, so you got to give Rock a little bit of credit for the, the spine buster. Plus, nobody put a spine buster down and got up smoother than the Rock. Um, so I'm a little off on Batista just because of how he puts his legs and shit. But that's just me. Uh, Hunter's is always inconsistent. So we'll see. But yeah, um, Arn and Farouk. Farouk with the fucking power. The power. All right, we spent about 20 minutes talking about nothing on NXT except for Kyle O'Reilly's inability to get after it. But, hey, that's what it's for, man. Let's get into it, man. Um, LA Knight versus Dexter Loomis. I am going to put it out there and say, if you don't like Dexter Loomis, I get it. The dude's creepy. But he puts on some of the best TV matches we see. Why? Why? Why is he so good at TV matches? He's fucking outstanding on TV. What do you have? Uh, his shit with fucking uh, the, the guy he kidnapped. Uh, Austin Theory. Outstanding. So him and Cameron Grimes? I mean, every match he has on TV is fucking incredible. TK from Pop Culture Wrestling says, uh, I'm a Batista Mark, sorry. No, it's fine, dude. Hey, hey, absolutely. Dude, I, I fucking mark out for my guys, too. Just like how he got up and hit the ropes. Okay, well, I got to go back. I got to go back and watch it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I missed the entire Batista run while I was away. I 
I tuned in once and saw that him, Randy Orton, and John Cena were all like you can see their shoulder muscles, you can see their abs, you can see their legs, and I'm like, okay, the bodybuilders are in, and you guys are the top guys. Okay, same three guys at the top. Whatever, I'm not watching. Then I didn't see anything else until Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm like, yo, he's that guy. Anyway, LA Knight versus Dexter Loomis, fucking outstanding, fucking outstanding. Dexter Loomis might be the best on TV match guy. I mean, maybe besides Sheamus. Who else is putting main event Jey Uso? Are those the three standard bearers for matches on their respective shows? Going to match with Sheamus, how dope is it? Going to a match with fucking Jey Uso. When's the last time Jey Uso had a bad match? Dexter Loomis is fucking killing it on NXT. His matches are fucking impeccable. And worn out. LA Knight is a star in the making. No, absolutely. TK Pop Culture Wrestling says LA Knight is a star in the making. Absolutely. Look, fucking, um, what you call it? Uh, Graham over at Good Cop, Bad Cop says it all the time. He's an Eli Drake guy by far. Um, he put me up on everything about him. I said, look, I am just going to watch him on TV. Uh, I'm not a fan of his promos. And only because they are as original as the fill-in-the-blank he wants to stick to. And every time he gets he gets caught, he goes into the same thing. Well, let me tell you something. Uh, and this right here, and what's going to happen... And this, and I'm like, oh, man, you're so fucking 90s, early 2000s. But, but he can orate. He can deliver the promo better than anyone. And the fact of the matter is, you know, The Rock used to do the same shit. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's just a tick that I have. I, I notice when it's not as authentic as people think it is. Um, but they're regroupers. You know, they're regroupers. And just so you know. You know, shit like that. Like, it's it, the regrouper so he can get his train of, thought out, train of thought out. So I get it. I'm more than fine with it. I just, you know, I picked that out. Oh, he's a great promo. Okay, well, do it without crutches. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, But no, he is he is phenomenal. I love it. Um, I think he's doing a fantastic job. Um, the match between LA Knight and Loomis last night, I really watched it and went, you know what? LA Knight better not go anywhere. He needs to stay in NXT. He is picture perfect for NXT. You know what he is? I'll give you this. You know what he is? He is a palatable version of Johnny Gargano for the people who do not like Johnny Gargano. That is exactly who LA Knight is. He is the polar opposite but the exact same as Gargano. Puts on seamless matches. You see nothing. And the promo is seamless as well. There's no stutters. There's no blank stares. There's no nothing. They both know exactly what they're doing in the ring, and they both know exactly what they're talking about on the mic. If you like Gargano, there's no disconnect. If you don't, there is. If you like LA Knight, there's no disconnect. If you don't, there is. That's exactly who they are. They're the same fucking wrestler in their different st- in their own styles, but they do both things just as well. So I'm glad he's there because I don't palate uh, Gargano that well. I understand him. I get it. I appreciate him. But that's my comparisons. What what, uh, what do y'all think there? Yes, sir. Shouts to Justin Time Two Eleven and TK from Pop Culture Wrestling, uh, getting up in their uh, in the chat here, becoming friendly. Justin Time Two Eleven is the captain of our side of the IWC. He is also the Twitter co-host of this podcast, which spurned into him being the Twitter co-host of a hundred and sixty-seven fucking podcast. He is the the fuel in the fire of what this wrestling community is. Justin Time Two Eleven. 
forever indebted to you, my friend. You are the best. Um, I'm loving, I'm loving the Dexter Loomis, Indy Hartwell stuff. It adds layers to the way. It adds layers to Indy Hartwell. It adds layers to Dexter Loomis. It gives him a weakness. Um, NXT is just fucking delivering. And you know what I fucking hate? This is what I hate. This is what I absolutely hate. Absolutely hate about NXT. Where's Zaylee been? Where's she been, man? I miss her. Where's she been? They're telling all these stories with everyone else. Dexter Loomis gets a love life. I'm married, but like, you know, where's Mazai Lee? Where's Mazai Lee? The teen and shot stuff. Where'd it go? I need her back. Zai, come back. Please. Please. It's bullshit. It's bullshit. Anyway. Next match we had GYV versus Breezango. Um, you know, I'm wearing very thin on GYV. They're becoming very, uh, how do you say? Yeah, very cut and paste. Nothing's changing. There's no involvement. Everything has been and doesn't seem to change. And without any evolving... I can't trust the next match. Um, for instance, if you know what you're getting out of, let's say, a ricochet match, right? Where he's going to flip and fly or or let's say this, uh, Finn Balor, right? Finn Balor versus Brock Lesnar. When the match happened, you have both styles in your head. And you're like, okay, this is what Brock wants to do, this is what Finn wants to do, and then there's a story through the entire match, and they both kind of get their stuff going on, but you don't know exactly what's going to happen. The Grizzle Young veterans are now giving me the same exact thing every time. Same exact thing every time. I, I'm starting to check out. They're fantastic. But, and soon, I'm good, man. I get it, it's your stick. It's the wrong one to have. I, I'm not here for it. I, I don't like it. I don't get it. Um, sorry, not for me. Not for me. Um, I was gonna give him another match or two, but I think just even talking right now, I'm like, uh, okay, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, TK says, "Great show. Thanks, man. Thanks." <laughs> I don't know if you're talking about NXT. Don't care. <laughs> I lost my notes, so let me bring those back up, motherfucker. Um, I went to minimize the screen so I could see this shit. Yeah, so every Wednesday and Saturday, Wednesday, 8 o'clock, going live against AEW for the Wednesday Night Wars. They stacked the card against me today. They heard me coming. They heard me coming. I am going to go back and rewatch that Tay Conti, um, Sheeta match. I know Britt Baker came out to fuck things up, um, but I am going to go back and watch that. I thought Hangman versus Ricky Starks was really cool, um... But yeah, once Jericho was on, I was like, okay, I can finish watching the Yankee game. Which has not been good, man. Yankees in a tough spot. Injuries early and Jay Bruce retiring was dope because that gives us a chance to to get uh, Mike Ford up and some reps while Luke Ford is out. But anyway, let's get it. Let's get it. All right. Uh, so yeah, GYV beat Brizongo. I'm good. You know, didn't really do anything. Oh, um... L.A. Knight got the win over Loomis. He was distracted by Indy Hartwell. Blah, blah, blah. All that shit happened. I'm down for Indy and Loomis. Um, I love the layers it's adding to TV on NXT. 
Um, I need some Zion Lee back in my life. Don't know when that's going to happen. But in the women's division, we got the debut of Saray, and she went against Zoe Stark. And again, I'll I'll pick up where I left off with Zoe Stark before. Every single she's okay. She's the example why Peyton Royce shouldn't have been let go. Do I think Zoe Stark's a better wrestler than Peyton Royce? I do. But Zoe Stark has had about seven matches since she's debuted. And Peyton Royce had the one. So if you give the... And and look at Zoe Stark. Every match since she's, been, since she's debuted, she, she, as in Zoe Stark, has looked better and better and better and better each time. Time on TV, wrestling against professionals, top talent, looking better, more comfortable. If Peyton Royce had the same opportunity, does she not look as great? Does she not look as good? Or up to her top potential? Probably, right? So put these fucking girls on TV. Give them opportunity. Ah, fucking home run for the Braves. Might have to put fucking AW back on. Son of a bitch. Son of a bitch. 4 nothing Braves. LA Knight got to change that finisher, though, because I ain't feeling it. I said that day one, just in time, 2-11. I tweeted to Graham. I said, LA Knight always use that finisher? And he gave me a name. I'm like, yeah, shit's trash. Shit's trash. And and I said that when he missed it on Bronson Reed. Or did I say, no, I said it the week before. I forgot who he wrestled the week before. But he went to hit Bronson Reed. He hit him with the knee first. Then he went to do the, the full finisher. And he missed it. And I'm like, he had a setup. It's all wacky. It doesn't make sense. And then he missed it too, right? He didn't even fully connect. LA Knight didn't fully connect on Loomis. Yeah, I didn't dig it. Uh, back to Saray and Zoe Stark, though. Um, yeah, Zoe Stark getting that time on TV, man. Wrestling against Tom Talent. She looks outstanding. She looks great. They're really building Zoe Stark. Um, and I'm here for it. Look, I think NXT is doing a fantastic job at building talent. At building the next layer of what they're going to be. It starts with Zoe Stark, man. It starts with Zoe Stark. Hopping over Twitter real quick. <laughs> Shouts to BC Mendoza stuck in traffic. All good. All good. We'll like a tweet here and there. What's up with the DMs? Who's sliding in there? Hey! Like comments on your videos. <laughs> okay, so that's when you fucked up and you didn't know. All good. We're here now. We are here now. Uh, Saray, I tell you, I, I tweeted this out afterwards. I said I wasn't blown away. But I can see what people talk about. So... I'm here for Saray. I mean, y'all know out there, I love women's wrestling. We are women's wrestling above all here at the TOE Takes Podcast. Um, when women do wrestling well, it basically outdoes the men because the expectation is lower. Um, the wealth of great matches from women is not the wealth of men, which is great. It's a, it's a great problem to have because when you get fantastic matches, um, they resonate. So... Every time Sasha's in Hell in a Cell, um, even Bianca Sasha ended up stealing night two um, from a match standpoint. So, or night one, I'm sorry. Uh, night one, they stole. So, you know, it, the opportunity to be fantastic is always there. Um, and Saray is going to do that. She's going to pull out a match with somebody that's great. Um, also on NXT, we had Frankie Monet interrupting she, uh uh, fuck is she the AEW on? Io Shirai. 
introducing herself to the WWE audience, the NXT audience, and I'm down with that. See how this builds. Uh, we all know Taya Valkyrie as a fantastic women's performer. Uh, let's see where we get to, you know. Um, let's keep moving because I am losing steam on the voice. Uh, Kushida versus Oni Lorcan again. I wish Kushida was in a different position. Put him in that North American title scene. Put him in the in the main title scene. He was wrestling at such a level. Now, I do like this. I'll give you this. Last week when he came out, he ditched the jeans and he was in tights, but he still had his boots on. This week, he got rid of the boots. Hopefully, he doesn't get rid of anything else, right? But now he is in taped feet and uh, and trunks. And he's wrestling like an MMA fighter, and he has the MMA background. And nobody looks more legit than Kushida in the ring. I'm down for it. The problem is it's all happening on 205. It's all happening within the cruiserweights. He had a really good match with Oni Lorcan, okay? They went back and forth. They traded strikes. You know, Kushida, uh, Kushida hit the springboard. Double knee. You know, really good wrestling. Uh, it was a, a good spot for Oni Lorcan to show you he is a legit competitor. Um, you know, but, I mean, y'all know what I feel about Kushida on this podcast, man. He is top-notch. Um... I, I, shit, I don't know. I don't know where we go from here. You know, I said it last week. Him being 205, does that mean that he he now goes to the 205 Live show too? Are the challengers not going to get... like? And what's the mic work going to be? You know, again, no offense. The language barrier does exist. And his ability to cut an investable promo is not there. Because we don't speak Japanese in large. You know, 90 to 95% of the people watching what Kushida would say on NXT doesn't speak Japanese. So what do we do? What do we do? You know, um, I'm all here for it, though. I, I love Kushida. He he has hooked me. Absolutely hooked me. Um, so I'm glad he got the win. A win by submission on the hoverboard lock. Excuse me. That's cool. By all means, uh, I'm down for it. Um... After that, we had Imperium versus Everrise. Um, you know, uh, I, I don't know, man. When Everrise was building towards the Dusty Cup, they had a chance to prove themselves as talent, and they did. And then they took a step back, and then the Dusty Cup they lost, and then they took a step back, and they turned out to be jobbers. Are we going to get... I can't even... I, I got to stop. How do we get... A second NXT show on Saturday for two hours. There's just too much fucking talent, man. There's too much talent. There's too much talent. You can't build all the divisions. We didn't even talk about the women's tag team championships. You know what I'm saying? How do we build all these divisions? Andy Hartwell got kidnapped by the tag champs. I'm sorry. Candice LeRae got kidnapped by the tag champs. And Andy Hartwell was like, yo, I got you. We got a, we got a match next week. It's like, well... Number one, it's not what Candace wanted, so I don't know if they're going to break up the way based off of how Candace was feeling, which I'm fine with because I hate the way. But, I mean, we'll see how it goes. Shoo! Um, let's see. So, yeah, Imperium got the win, a convincing win. I like Imperium. I think they're special. I think whatever it is they end up doing could change the landscape of what NXT does. I mean, we had, we had the Undisputed Era, and they were too small to take 100% serious. So maybe Imperium finds a way 
to make you take them serious. I like to see that happen. Build another faction of some big fucking dudes to take them over. All right, last thing I got on NXT is the Kyle O'Reilly Cameron Grimes match. Um, I'm gonna tell you this: awesome match, and it's why I want Grimes wrestling. <laughs> Too fucking good. It's why I want O'Reilly wrestling. Too fucking good. Their promo game is not investable. How do we invest? How do we enjoy? How do we get to the point where we want to watch them wrestle? They got to change up the promos. Now, RIP to Dusty. I don't know if him not being there is why we don't have diverse promos like we used to. Um, But something's got to change. Something's got to change. I don't know what that is, though. But most of the promos... I mean, who's who's investable on the mic in NXT anyway? Finn Balor, but he's been there. He's been there. You know, uh, Scarlett does a good job, but Cross doesn't. Johnny thinks he can do whatever he wants. It doesn't hit. Ciampa and Thatcher do fantastic in the recorded segments, but nobody on the mic in the middle of the ring is... Everybody was fucking loving on Adam Cole with those promos leading up. They were dumb. I hated them. Absolutely hated them. So I don't know. I don't know. Like I said, man, I'm running out of steam. I don't know how much more I have to be able to talk about. Um, those in the chat, um, little Q and A, real quick, if you feel like it. If not, I can wrap things up. Appreciate y'all coming through. Very first episode of the Wednesday Night Wars. Very first episode of Terrible Wrestling Takes, associated with the PopCultureWrestling.com. Uh, shouts to TK and everybody over there. You know, if it was a little bit smaller, I would shout out everybody. But hey, the podcast division is loaded. Blog spots are loaded. Check out Pop Culture Wrestling. They do some we. I guess, <laughs> I'll say they and we associated at all times. My man TK reached out back in, uh, I don't know, I said the date on last episode. I was trying to be a dick about it on the fact that, you know, he did reach out. You know, the catalog's massive, but, but uh, look, I, I, I'm going to stick to my guns on this podcast. I don't do this podcast for anybody else. I don't. I don't. I absolutely love and appreciate every single person that listens. When I got a shout out on other people's podcasts, my arm hair raises. I get a lump in my throat. I get some tears in my eyes. Um, occasionally, they come out because I didn't think other people would like this. But when you start doing this for everyone else, you lose sight of what you're doing it for. So your ability to your ability to create the content that drew people in changes. You know, perfect example is Paulie Shore. And shouts to Paulie uh, Shore on a wrestling podcast. He did this podcast called Interested. And he would have a conversation with somebody. And then play that conversation to a person associated with that person and get their thoughts on it. And go, are you interested? And then move on to the next set. So, for instance, one of the episodes was Andy Dick. Showed up to the comedy store drunk as fuck, all fucked up. And he was saying all kinds of things. And after that conversation happened, he got with Andy Dick's son. And he played the conversation. And... 
at the end of one point, he would bring in Andy Dick's son, and they would talk about that. It was the coolest fucking concept I've ever heard of. Uh, Carrot Top and Larry the Cable Guy were another thing. I'm not sure who he had first and then second, but the point was is that they were friends, and they loved each other, and they had respect for each other. And the the back and forth worked so well, but it was two people on one podcast, two conversations at separate times. I was like, this is the coolest fucking thing I ever heard. It got picked up by a network and changed completely. I'm never going to do that. Never going to do that. I'm not going to change what I do. I'm going to do what I do because if I do it any other different way, I will lose sight of how even one, I view wrestling. I want to. I just want to fucking watch. I just want to watch. I want to watch and break it down and let y'all know, hey, this is the bullshit that I saw. This is what's dope. Oh, you think this is whack? I'm going to tell you why it's dope. You got a terrible wrestling take. Shouts to Justin Time 211 in the YouTube chat says, going to go with an AW question quick. What's your opinion of Jade Cargill? Because I get from her, she's AW's version of Bianca Belair. Perfect example of an IWC-ism, right? Surface value, it's easy to say that, right? Uh, Look at them. They, you know, the structure, the makeup, all that. I get it. Um singularly um i also understand that they both are immature in the ring i don't think AEW wants the same but then again my i have a different problem with bianca belair because i've seen her so long i look at both of them and i go they're stars i look at both of them and i go prove it jade cargill is getting her opportunity to prove it she's not doing it through adversity and i think that's a problem I think Bianca's adversity in NXT didn't change anything she does. I think that's a problem. They did a good job on Friday presenting her as a champion without having to prove it in the ring. But again, I have a big problem with Bianca's wrestling. So if you want to say from a talent and ability standpoint that she is, yes, Cardgill is AEW's version of Bianca. But you, you can't compare the two, right? So who's... Who's the Britt Baker of WWE, right? Well, nobody has an outside profession that they bring in. And you know what I'm saying? So, like, if you go one for one, I would just say Jay Cargill's a star. She's going to be. She has a presence in the ring that you gravitate to. Bianca does the same thing. I think Bianca's a better athlete for wrestling. I think Cargill's a little too stiff right now. But it's possible... That she's that way because she hasn't wrestled long enough. Two, three more years, she might be outstanding better than most. Um, Myself, I'm not a natural athlete, like body type wise. Like, I'm just not. Um, But I worked at it. And when I was about a sophomore in high school, I realized my potential at every sport, okay? From that point on, anything athletic, I can do. I can only do certain things well. And I say that because it makes me recognize what athletes are capable of doing. So, for instance, people used to say, well, if LeBron was a football player, you know, he'd be a Pro Bowl wide receiver. You know what I'm saying? It's shit like that. You know, Deion Sanders won a World Series and Super Bowl same year. Those kind of things. So when you look at someone like Jade Cargill or Bianca Belair, you go, athlete? Phenomenal athlete, 
can be a phenomenal wrestler. Now, how do you teach that athlete nuance, technique, ability, all that shit? You know, people would complain about, what was it, uh, everyday athletes coming into wrestling, like, oh, well, this is different. Well, of course it is. But there's certain athletes, a la Chad Gable, Ronda Rousey, Kurt Angle, uh, unfortunately didn't translate like Jake Hager. Um, hopefully this Parker Bordeaux guy, you know, can translate into professional wrestling and become something special. I mean, look at Brock Lesnar in, in UFC. Um, he lacked footwork and spatial awareness. That's the only thing that held him back in UFC. If he got footwork and spatial awareness, he would have never gotten punched in the face and would have won every single fight. But he didn't have that. He was always working off his back foot and never moving properly. So, um, so yeah, I mean, look, Jade Cargill and Bianca Belair, honestly, dead-ass opinion, body makeup, athleticism, if taught wrestling the right way, they could be the two greatest wrestlers of all time. Both sides, men's and women's. But I've said it for months. Bianca's promo is way too stereotyped for who she is. Cardgill, I don't even know what her voice sounds like. The blonde hair is too distracting for how talented she is. So yeah, I mean, that's that's my opinion. That's my opinion. Growth potential is there, though. Um, you know, shouts to Charlotte Flair. Um, I don't know if Bianca and Montez want children anytime soon. I know Bianca is in her 30s. If I'm not mistaken, she's like 32. So we'll see. I'm done. I can't hold it anymore. Um, I'm feeling hoarse. Uh, my, my throat's tight. I can't really talk no more. So I'm going to call it a night. Justin Time 211. Thank you for joining the chat. Uh, Pop Culture Wrestling. My man TK. Thank you for the invite to the site. Thank you for the, the popcultureWrestling.com slash Terrible Wrestling Takes. The website looks fucking dope. I can't wait to see the video and this podcast loaded up there. Um, thank you so much, man. I look forward to this relationship growing. This podcast has been amazing. Um, this podcast makes me happy. This podcast makes me cry. I absolutely love this thing. And the fact that people appreciate what I do uh, makes it all the better. Again, no offense. I don't do this for you guys. I do this for me. Um, and being able to do this for me. And you guys showing the love back means the fucking world. My my watch window was made by Ref Marsh. He's a guy I have never met in person. He lives out in Arizona. He's been checking on me ever since WrestleMania Watch Along. Ever since DMX passed away. He's been looking out for me. He, he hooks me up with all my graphics. I try to do it on my own. I send him one. He's like, yo, dog, you fucked up. And I'm like, okay, well, what the fuck? And he sends back this beautiful screen. Uh, he gave me another one for Saturday, too. So, Marsh, thank you so much, man. I appreciate everything you do for me. Justin Time 211, Twitter co-host from episode three, but backtracked everything. I know you're down from day one. It's nothing less, man. You, you're you one of three guys to have this hat. Oh, check this out. Shouts to Ref Marsh. Look at this motherfucker. Got pins made. Look at that. Going up on the website soon. This pin is fucking sick. Love it. Absolutely love it. Absolutely love it. I'm I'm building my store, man. Uh, the 420 code is still available. Terrible wrestling takes slash TWTs. 
the Fatal 5-Pack. All five colors as you see behind me. Check it out. White, blue, red, orange, pink. All available in your size. Pick your size. Fatal 5-Pack. Use promo code 420. It's at the bottom of the pay options to, to do the code. The code is three numbers, 420. Promo code 420 for all my smokers and non-smokers out there. $20 off the Fatal 5-Pack. 40 bucks for five shirts. Not one podcast or wrestling promotion is going to give you that deal. It'll be good until Saturday. Saturday, I'll announce a new thing. I upgraded the website. I spent more money on the website to make sure I can give you all a better experience. So check out uh, Terrible Wrestling Takes Podcast slash TWTs. Check out all the deals that are on there. I, I have the best prices on t-shirts by far. TWTakespodcast.com slash internationals for the, for the uh, Teespring site. Teespring fulfills to Europe. That is the only reason why I got it on there. I have European listeners. How the fuck do I have people in Europe listening to this podcast? That's how good this makes me feel, man. I don't know anybody in Europe. I don't. I don't. I've never met some. Uh, that's a lot. I've met a couple people who don't remember me. Let's put it that way. Because they met more Americans than I've met Europeans. I have listeners in Europe. Shouts to Chris Dredd and JB from Chat Grapple and Cheap Pops. Those guys are fucking epic. Epic. I love those dudes. Like, there's no way I can meet those guys and not give them the biggest hug in the world. They are amazing. I told them before we went live that the two times, the first two times they mentioned me on their podcast and I heard it. Um, my arm hair rose and I shed a tear because I'm not supposed to know people in Europe because I don't live in Europe. And those guys out in England doing their thing in the UK on the best pay-per-view, the princes of previous pay-per-views, my guys over there doing their thing. Love them, man. Thank you. Thank you, Chris and JB, for being supporters, being absolutely phenomenal. Uh, But that's what the Teespring site's for. Everybody out in Europe, if you want some Terrible Wrestling Takes merch, you get the dope-ass logo. Um, right there, premium tees from the Teespring site. Teespring site, Teespring site also fulfills to the United States. So if you want this dope ass logo on premium merchandise, dope ass hoodie, dope ass T-shirt, which I will be ordering myself soon, um, so I can show you all what it looks like live on the Teespring site fulfills to Europe and the U.S. Other than that, I got nothing, man. TWTakesPodcast.com, TWTakesPodcast.com slash TWTs, TWTakesPodcast.com slash international. Um, that's my site. Pop Culture Wrestling slash Terrible Wrestling Takes is where you find me. Go to TWTakesPodcast.com to find all audio platforms, period. Spotify will be played directly from PopCultureWrestling.com slash Terrible Wrestling Takes. Dude, I'm everywhere. I am fucking everywhere. And if you have a dope-ass platform that you fuck with, like Overcast, where nobody else uses it, let me know. I will put my podcast there so you can listen to me on your site. Like and subscribe on YouTube, Twitch, so I can get those numbers up. Those numbers goes up. We get sponsorship out of nowhere. You ain't got to pay for nothing. I want their money, not yours. Shout out to Chat Grapple and Cheap Pops. Marsh, thank you, brother, for the graphic. Justin Time 211, thank you for co-hosting as always. TK over at Pop Culture Wrestling, I appreciate the partnership, my friend. This is going to be awesome. Other than that, I got nothing else. Much love to y'all. 
Thank you so much. Until next time. So, with that being said, review if you do, rate if you feel. Follow me at TW Takes Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Share your terrible wrestling takes via my pinned tweet. Email me, bishoptwtakes at gmail.com. Until next time.